Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Everybody okay? Awesome, because most of us, we live off of things that are, um, you know, the truth that you embrace is the reality that you live. Thoughts and beliefs create emotions that drive behavior, right? Mind, will, and emotions. I always look at why do I feel uh, the way I feel, what desire is causing the way I feel, and then what thinking is causing the desire to the way I feel. And that's usually how I've solved most of my life's issues. I had to not only live through the word uh, so that I can know the truth and be one of his disciples so that the truth would set me free. I also had to identify the lies. And I think a lot of times we come to church and we just more truth, more truth, more truth. But there's, there's a problem because a lot of us haven't identified some lies. Usually lies don't edify, don't build up, they destroy. And if you look at our planet today, we would have to say that there's a lot of people that think they know the truth but really don't live in the truth. See, I'm a person that came from a dark world where I lived on the lie. And the lie, it's kind of funny because this is what the enemy does. He throws, uh, he treats the Christians like chickens. He throws corn and everybody runs after that. But the reality was that when you live in a dark world, that's why it's called deception. The lie is never the lie. You know, you, you, in drugs, you know, I hope I'm not training anybody in drugs this morning, but you know, you send this shipment this way so that this one gets busted so that this one comes around and gets delivered. And so the enemy never comes with the lie this way. He is the master of deception. He always comes this way and then throws something this way, this way, really to get this one through. And so if we really believe, understanding what the word good is, which is the word tov, the good and evil, the tree of good and evil, tov, which means functional, right? You had the tree that had the functionality, the functional fruit, and then it had the ra, which was dysfunctional. So when you're thinking about something that's good, it must be functional. But sometimes we call things that are bad good, that are dysfunctional, and yet everybody's living in dysfunction. This is why he's established what a family should look like, what a marriage should look like, what children should look like. And there's a role. You know, the enemy is so astute. You remember a time, you see it on Facebook a lot. Like, I haven't even started my message. The pastor's getting nervous now. Um... There was a time where, um, I forgot where I was going. The what? Facebook. That's what I said? Wow. Oh, there was a time where, thank you. See, I needed baby Ruth. See, the, the confirmation. There was a time that we look at things and we see things on there where they go, titles. You know, titles are, uh, think about this. And everybody posted it. You know, uh, this, this pastor, this, this, and then servant, and they're all crossed out, and you see them on social media, and everybody's like, titles are horrible. Mm, well, I think the enemy kind of really did a good job at taking every Christian away from that. Now, let me give you why. Number one is that titles are needed, because if not, we would not have Lord God, and we would not have Father now, I understand the difference between an abused title. Now, you've probably been in a place where somebody abused their management or abused the title, and then that's horrible. 
uh, or abused husband or an abused wife, right? But we're talking about the way God created it. Uh, titles are awesome because if Ruthie wasn't my wife, we'd be in trouble. And if Jesus wasn't Lord, I'd be in trouble. He'd just be Jesus, my homie. And, um, and so I, I just want you to really think about what is being said here this morning because I feel like we're on a mission to take some of the things that the enemy has distorted to bring some truth, not opinions. There's a difference between exegesis and eisegesis. Exegesis, the scripture speaking to you. Eisegesis, you're putting meaning on the scripture. You're putting what you think it says. The scripture says to you, the scripture speaks into your life. And please remember that, um, you know, I, I always tell my kids this, you know, uh, like I, I, you know, I started at 36 years old. And so this wasn't the plan for me. And so I'm not just giving you a little story. I'm preaching to you what I believe I've accepted as truth and lived out with my family. And anything that I say that's good, all I did was uh, become an obedient son. I can't even take the credit for it. Because he's done it all. Like every, every, oh, that's good. Yeah, I got it from here. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I got it from here. All I did was listen. So this isn't like I'm giving you just the Bible and I went to school, which I did. I went to school at 36 and at 40 years old, so I was a little older. But, uh, yeah, you ready? Okay, good. They're like, I thought you were preaching already. Hebrews 11, 1 and 2, I'm going to read it to you in the message. A couple different translations. Um, the 7, I'm going to read it to you in the message. I thought it was just cool. Um, but I'm going to read you Hebrews 1 and 2, 3. Let's see. Yep, let's go. Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. For by this our answers were approved. Everybody say approved. So we start off with now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, uh, the proof of what is not seen. For this, our ancestors were approved. I love that word approved, and sometimes we don't teach on it. But I'm, my question to you is, is your faith approved? Is your faith approved? Because each one of these ancestors and all these people we read about, if you read all of Hebrews 11 and they have all these different people today, I'm going to talk about Noah, that means that they were obedient to what God had to say and it made them approve. Their faith was tested. It says, by faith. Everybody say, by faith. By faith. We understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. This is so good. And without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. Everyone say impossible. impossible. To please God. To please God. Good, 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 good. Nobody likes saying that one. Everybody likes all the other ones. For we come to God in faith knowing that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him. So something we see here is that God has to be real to you. You know, it's amazing how the word amen is used, which really means truly. Some say it's so be it, but the original is truly. And you see it all throughout scripture where uh, that's why Jesus comes and says amen, amen later in the beginning of something. But, you know, they also talked about consequences. So the curses and the blessings. And a lot of times we amen all the good things, but they would amen also the curses because it meant that you knew what would happen if you didn't obey. 
And then um, Jesus comes and he's like the OG. For those that don't understand, he is the master of everything. And he comes and he starts it off. Usually they sit it at the end. He starts it in the beginning. Amen, amen. I spent time with the Father. I know it's true. And I'm telling you it's true. So it doesn't matter what you think. It's true. So uh, in the message translation, 7 says, By faith Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. He was warned about something he couldn't see and acted on what he was told. The result, his family was saved. His act of faith drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the rightness of the believing world. As a result, Noah became intimate with God. Faith happens before it happens. He will not move until you apply faith. And I know sometimes we talk about faith and we talk about it's like we muster enough confidence to kind of do something. And that's how kind of we treat faith. And I feel like faith, you know, I heard that chemo was like the wind in your face, which we were laughing. I was like, you should name the church chemo, you know. Wind, pneuma, the God wind, spirit, peace, these, faith, the wind, the persuasive wind that moves you in the direction, even though when you do not have a clue of what that's going to look like. Because here there's dry land and he's building a boat. Sometimes we wait for all the right signs, right? 13 confirmations later, we're like, God, you know, I'm just going to pray again. And then you see a sign and you're like, oh, there's the Lord, confirmation. And then you're like, you're waiting for someone else to say it. And then what happens when the confirmations conflict? This is why understanding that we have to hear, believe, and obey the word of God. Obedience is very important, and so is submission. When we talk about obedience, we talk about uh, being under one commander's view. Submission comes from, the word submission, I know sometimes we look at it and we're like, you must submit, you know, and it, it becomes so ugly. But submission is, it, it comes from an, uh, an army term, which means to arrange in order under a commander. So just come arranged in order under commander. And when you think about obedience, is the arranged in order under commander's view, under what he says, under the authority of what he says. And us as believers in the body of Christ, we have one commander and we're arranged under that one commander's view. So obedience is compliance with an order. See, when you see this, when you see uh, Noah, Noah's actually being obedient to a heavenly father. It didn't matter if it didn't make sense. Because think about what he could have said. What's rain? And I think a lot of times in all our transitions, you know, I just dealt with uh, a few different transitions in my life with other people shepherding uh, a few other people after their latter ages. But I believe faith happens in every single one of our transitions, whether we're younger, older, when you have kids. And sometimes we get so, comfort, uh, so comfortable with the way we live that sometimes in transitions it's hard for us to trust God because we don't want to move. We just want to stay like this, and God, you do it. But here you see obedience on something that has never happened before. Think about it. 
See, for me, I could just talk about my personal life. Every single thing that I do with God is something that I've never done before. Ever. I, 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 was, I was destroying lives. I sold drugs all around the United States. I was living flipped. It's completely opposite. And so everything I ever thought, and I grew up Catholic and all this, and I had to change this, and, you know, all these little things that I would do. I, I thought God lived in the cross, you know, like I'd wear it and be like, I better wear this today. And I was joking with my wife the other day, and I go, man, could you imagine? Everybody would want my little cross if he lived in there. And so I used to wear it and freak out. So I had to unlearn. I had to be born again. I had to unlearn to relearn. And I believe unlearning and relearning continues to happen in every part of our lives. But let me tell you what I believe happens. Let me just read you this real quick. I didn't give you this for notes. You don't have to go there. Because this had never happened before. And here he says, make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it with pitch inside and outside. This is how you are to make it. The ark will be 450 feet long. 75 feet wide and 45 feet high. You are to make a roof finishing the size of the ark within 18 inches of the roof. You are to put a door. Y'all following me? God is so detailed. This is what we do in the body of Christ, and this is how we build things in our life. God speaks to us, and he's like, hey, I want you to build a marriage. I want you to build a business. I want you to build a church. I want you to build a family. And so we're okay, Lord, tell us how to do it. He's like, get gopher wood. And so we go and we're like, man, we go out here and we see all these trees and these are all, oh, this is perfect. All these trees and they're all gopher wood. And you're like, man, buddy comes along. He doesn't really read the word much. He just has God, not Lord God, and doesn't really read the Bible much. But he goes to church. So he comes along. You don't really have a relationship with your relationship. Maybe you know a lot of the word, but you just don't apply it. I mean, I don't know. And all of a sudden, he goes, what's wrong? And you're like, God just told me to build this boat. He's like, I mean, what's the problem? He's like, I got to do all this gopher wood. I need 450 feet. <laughs> he goes, ha, aren't you in luck? I have plywood. He says, you do? Not 450 feet, but I got 449 and three-quarter inches. And so you're like, okay. It's already cut. Because you don't want to cut it. You don't want to sand it. I mean, this is just a lot faster. Sidebar, side note, God's never in a hurry. And so... You start thinking, you look at the ply, you look at the thing, you look at the ply. You know, all you need is confirmation. And on the commercial, they say, have you bought plywood today from Home Depot? And you're like, ha, ha, confirmation. And so you go and you grab all your plywood and you start building. And then he says, 75 feet, you make it 74, everything's shorter. And you build the boat. And it looks awesome. But it's the way you wanted to build it. It's the way you wanted to build your finances. It's the way you wanted to build your family. It's the way you wanted to build your church. It's the way you wanted to build your ministry. It's the way you wanted to build your life. You just want to take a shortcut because it's a lot faster. It's going to be cheaper. We're going to save money. That must be the Lord. 
And so all of a sudden you build it. And, and you know, you get on it, get on that family trip or whatever it is that you're starting to build this thing that God told you to do. And we build it the way we want it and it starts sinking. Now, my religious people, they'll say, well, you know what? God wanted us to go through this, and that's not accurate. You just built it the way you wanted to build it, and that's why it's sinking. I tend to, to know nothing. You know, I used to struggle with, like, not being smart enough because I was like, man, you know what? How am I going to do this? I'm going to have people that have scholars. I mean, I'm going to be in rooms. God has put me in rooms, and, and I won't even name drop. But if I did, y'all would probably jaw drop. Where most pastors that have lived as pastors want to be in those rooms. And I've sat in them. I've hosted a little television. I'm on the radio right now. I've done some stuff. Like, I don't know. Not the boast. I don't know how I got in there. But I, somehow I got in there. And I've learned a lot. But one, I used to think I was a smarter until I read James and said I could ask him for all wisdom. And I thought by default, because I'm connected and I have a relationship with God, I'm a genius. Without him, not so good. With him, I know it all. <laughs> it looks that way, at least. And so, to have a, a new life, you have to do something different. For each and every one of us in this room, I think sometimes we just, you know, we're just waiting to get to heaven. Just went to church, sang a few songs. Waiting to get to heaven. What would it be like if we woke up tomorrow morning and said, God, and it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter how much money you have. It wouldn't matter how old you are, young you are. I want to do something for you amazing. And if it took me 120 years, and you're like, well, What? Well, yeah, because you could always start something that someone else carries. We're here today because of that boat was built. Now, his altar call wasn't all that good. He only had eight people with the same message for about 120 years. First Peter 3.20 says that God waited patiently. Isn't that amazing? Because we would think God would be up there. This is how we treat God. <laughs> you know, like if God's up there going, Noah, it's year eight. Oh, Noah, it's year 12. No, oh my, me, instead of my God. It's year 50, Noah. No, it said, if you go to 1 Peter 3.20, it said that God waited patiently for Noah to build a boat so that all could be saved. And yet only eight. We would consider that a failure. We'd be like, eight people in an altar call. We're here today. When you build something the way God wants you to build it, it will save your family. When you build something the way God wants you to build it, it would save the people. Your faith is going to get tested. Don't get mad at the process. You know, we, I, I know there's these seasons where we all start talking about the process, the process, and, and almost... You know, it's all you see on social media and everybody talking about the process. But do you really embrace the process? I know, son, I don't like it. I mean, I, I do it. I'm sure Noah was like, ugh. 
preaching the same message. 120 years. <laughs> that message had to get old. But it was the right one. It was the one he gave him. James 1.4 says not to get out of things prematurely. Let endurance, man, endurance and the process and all of these things will have his perfect work. You'll be, become mature. Because, you know, God just wants his children to become more mature. That's not an age thing. That's an inner spiritual thing. Can I get an amen? amen. And, 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 and we modify his plan and we misrepresent him. See, I, I, as I said before, I, I started and I knew nothing. And I know that everything, I was challenged. I, I don't know why baby Ruth didn't run. You know, I remember telling her, like, I don't know how to be a, a husband. Never had an example. I don't know what it's like to be a dad. Still working on that one with my dad. I said, but I know the Lord. That, that's, that's as much as I could give you. And so she should, I think she should have ran in the natural, like, well, I'm out of here. Think about it. I didn't have money for a haircut. I, I didn't, wasn't presenting much. Like, when I think about it, I go, she must have saw something, you know. I go, look what you got, girl. <laughs> I remember when we accepted, you know, to be, be pastors, and she cried. Because she was like, this is not what I signed up for. So we're both, I'm like, well, same thing. <laughs> but here we are. And so I was challenged. But God had an answer for everything. He taught me what a father was like. But I had to believe it, see, because I, saw, I thought this. And he thinks this. And so every single time I've walked out in faith, by faith, I tested his word to be true. We sing songs of the refining fire. See, in a moment when you're angry, can you crucify your flesh and try to get a different thought so that your perspective, not what you see, but how you see what you see, changes? Everybody say faith. faith. That's faith. Do you know that? I'm talking about a guy who, I mean, I, I just know what's possible. I'm not telling you this just because I read it. I've tested I went from, you know, selling drugs, paying people to get beat up, like all kinds of stuff. Guns, you name it. Your, your favorite little movie that you got excited about was my life. I laugh with Ruthie because I go, like, you've never, like, she just knows the Jesus one. And I go, so nobody, no, there could be nobody. I could walk around this earth and they could tell me that God ain't real and I'll laugh. <laughs> I'll be like, Okay. There's no way I've become a crybaby, compassionate, empathetic. Are you okay? Rather than get them. You know, like, it's a completely different. It's a, I, my whole heart is, is, is changed. But it's by faith. It's me believing that God can build my life better than I can. That God can build my family better than I can. That God knows what to do with my finances better than I can. And it's unlearning and relearning because we are all born again. 
And it's, you know, your past, enough is enough. Like, I get it. I get there has to be healing. I totally understand all the healing process. But there has to come a time where you submit and you learn to crucify your flesh. That is the whole gospel. Good news. It's not just in April. It doesn't matter how old you are. Some of you all need to stir up the gift that you have inside of you that you've laid dormant and put on a shelf because you're like, well, you know, I'm just waiting for heaven now. No, there's work to be done. By faith, your marriage is going to be good. By faith, family will be strong. God will not protect what he does not build his blueprint. If it's not designed by him, he will not protect it. Proverbs 24, 3 and 4, by, by wisdom a house is built and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Proverbs 24, 3 and 4 in the Passion Translation. Look at this. Wise people are builders. They build families, businesses, communities. And through intelligence and insight their enterprises are established and endure. Because of their skilled leadership, the hearts of people are filled with the treasures of wisdom and the pleasures of spiritual wealth. Proverbs 19.21, a person may have many ideas concerning God's plan for his life, but only the designs of God's purpose will succeed in the end. Matthew 7, 26 and 27, I love this. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice... I'm going to read that first part again. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. The foolish man labored on his house, but he foolishly left the Lord out of the process. I'll tell you what, one thing I learned for those married folks, I'm, I'm passionate. I'm on, you know, little side note, you know, like they, they call me Dr. Love on the radio. So I, on 100.7 FM on Saturdays, I, I get to be Dr. Love. I'm passionate about that word. I think we've misused that word. I think we, we add it to every, like, I love pizza. I love the Lord. It's a little bit different. Like, I ain't jumping in front of a car for no pizza. So no greater love than this one, one that will lay his life down. And when you lay your life, it's your mind, will, and emotions, right? It has to do with your thoughts, will, emotions. And by the way, you know that he loved you first. So that's the only way when you receive that love. Some of you are trying to do it in your own strength. It's really getting the, the revelation that he loved you so much that he gave himself so that no one would perish and have everlasting life. The abundant life. And every spiritual blessing. And the amazing part with that is that then when you start, you know, we did communion today. And uh, I'll close with this. We did communion today and that's, that's a passion for me. Because I think we've become comfortable with the little wafer in the cup. You know, we go get the cup, you know. We do the thing and it's awesome. Great message, by the way. Uh, we, we get comfortable. And we think that communion is when we do it in, on Sundays. But, but let me give you a little something 
to put a bow on this, okay? Because remember, I started off with relationship. And I told you to live by faith. You can only live by faith when you have a relationship. When a father and a son have a good relationship, he's like, son, I'm telling you, you shouldn't go there. And he doesn't go. So you do understand listening to the words of another to protect. But sometimes, if I said Jesus was going to read you this word today, and it was Jesus Christ is going to be here tomorrow, everybody would show up waiting for the word from Jesus. Well, you have an opportunity to get in this word, and Jesus wants to speak to you through his word. We could either play church, or we could flip communities and cities. But that all starts in your home. It starts in your home. Are you with me? The word communion is a derivative of communion, communication, community. The derivative is commune. And when you pray, we think, Father in the name, and that's good. There's just some warrior prayer, but I like to pray and exchange heaven and earth as I, I pray like this. Sometimes I get vocal. Sometimes I just talk to the Lord, and I share my thoughts. And he talks back. And we commune. And because I commune and she communes, we have community in our home. <laughs> we have common unity. Common union. And then I've learned through that that I have to commune with my wife the way God wants to commune with me because he's groom. You know, you're going to be a great groom when you're a great bride and you're going to be a great bride. You understand? So everything that you do with the Father is really so that you could do it with people. And the more intimacy I have and I see inside her, the more I know how to handle her and same, vice versa. It's the same thing you do with God. Remember how we started with my children? If everyone would rise to your feet, rise to your feet with me. I believe there's going to be some people praying for you outside. I believe that if you're watching online, um, I believe God has graced me uh, to break stronghold, wrong thought patterns, addictions, anything you feel incarcerated. I always tell the incarcerated people when you walk out, if, you're, you, if you think you're free when you walk out, you're not going to be free. You were incarcerated before you got incarcerated. So a lot of us, when we get into situations, it's because of your thinking. And you were that before you got in that. Because you thought like that. So I say, you got to be free inside so you don't wind up back in the same situation. You're in an abusive situation. It means you, you've had some thoughts. You've, you've become like that. So you wind up in the same thing over and over again until you break that thought pattern. You'll, you won't get a different product. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. Because we're all bad. All of us. That's why we need a savior. But he wants you to renew your mind. And he wants to be your Lord God. And he wants the world to marvel. I believe every single thing we've wrote down on a paper, me and my wife, is going to come to pass. Not because we're all that, but because he's all that. And because the world will get to say... How did he do that with him? Amen?